Hey everyone, welcome back. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about therapy and mental health with my friend V. V, do you want to introduce yourself? Wow, I didn't even think of my my intro. Yeah, that's okay. On the spot. Um, yes, my name is V. I am currently living in New York City, but originally grew up in San Diego, which is where I met Dora. Um, and we've chatted previously about like how exactly did we meet because we yeah. didn't go to the same high school, and I think it was just from our mutual friends that went to Sarah Height, which is the high school I went to. Um, I, I think I'm very excited for this conversation on mental health and therapy as someone who has definitely been on a journey with it um, and want to talk more openly about it so that it can encourage other folks to, to also um, dive into this topic so yeah when Dora mentioned this I was like I'd love to to chat more um so yeah that's why yeah yeah it was really um it was fun because I actually reconnected with V a couple weeks ago um for this story core um recording that she was doing and um she was basically asking questions about me and then we bonded and got super excited over therapy and that's when I was like we should totally do an episode about therapy together <laughs> I I feel like I talk about my therapist all the time or like in conversations yeah yeah my therapist said this <laughs> and like I look forward to our like sessions every week so mm-hmm. I yeah, would love to talk about it <laughs> yeah I totally feel that I feel like I like when I get the tips from my therapist I'm like telling my friends I'm like oh my therapist like recommends this for me maybe it would help for you and I'm like just trying to like spread the information um but yeah um maybe we can start off like growing up um did you ever kind of like think about mental health and therapy or kind of what were your views on that growing up yeah I had no like like I guess like access to thinking about mental health while growing up like at all <laughs> like it just was not like a, a conversation that happened um between me and my family or like my friends and I guess to give context about myself um my my family and I immigrated to San Diego from Vietnam when I was seven and um that's how like I started growing up in San Diego so um definitely as immigrants I don't think we thought about mental health and like the way that maybe Americans might think about it right now. Um, But before I even get into all this like context, like all those details, like I think just starting from like middle school, I used to just, you know, I I look back at my middle school self, like clearly I was so freaking emo, you know? And like, I'm an emo child, but like I was going through so many emotions that I didn't know how to process. And it was just like all, I just kept it all within myself. I didn't know how to talk about it. Um, but I really think that's probably one of the first phases in my life that um, mental health is, is like kind of started showing. Started showing up. Um, or or and, and it makes sense because that's at the time where 
I like started to get my period and like that's when our like hormones are growing and therefore like all these new emotions are coming up so yeah I think at that time I didn't have um anyone to talk about it with it was all just like me handling and 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 thankfully like I like sorry I'm like hearing my cat or like my roommate's cat running outside oh my god my cat does that too he's so loud he's like now it's really loud like surprisingly loud for a cat (laughs) like in the middle as I was talking about my emo self I can hear Liza he's like like, I could hear you V I'm coming (laughs) yeah um but but all all that to say I think um you know I I feel very like lucky to have just made it through but and, and and that's the thing that I realized that like in those past moments when I was young I just happened to be really lucky to have like either found some type of coping mechanism without like Mm -hmm. realizing it was Mm -hmm. to like make it through and therefore I think like when I got to college I was like I don't like need therapy like I think I'm pretty high functioning (laughs) (laughs) a high functioning individual but that I think it speaks to like how I saw therapy and mental health I guess I I just like thought of that as being like these are for people who are not me and these are for people who like somehow you know there's there's a stigma to it that like made me like avoid um wanting to like per- like go on like therapy journey for um, sure so that's that's like kind of like how and and yeah there's like so many things I was like wow like feel free to like reel me in because I know like, I'm definitely I was definitely going to ask about all of those things because <laughs> yeah one thing that I you know like wanted to talk about too was like that Asian stigmatization of therapy I think like um for me growing up too it's just you're in an environment where you're told not to feel you know or like a like a a, like showing that you're strong or that you're you know like capable is like not showing emotion like I remember when I was a kid and like something happened I would cry it's like like they're just like why are you crying like there's no reason to cry and like it it sucks too because like I all of my cousins I have one girl cousin but I have like a lot of boy cousins and when they would cry like they'd be like boys don't cry and like you know it's just like anytime that there's a sense of vulnerability you're just told to like shut that off um and I think like for me I did that and I was like yeah I'm strong I don't remember the last time I cried you know like I was like proud of that because like I like didn't cry for like years and like in high school um I went to yeah a different high school that was like predominantly white and it was just so interesting because like people like I had white friends and they would talk about therapy and I would like you know like I wouldn't say anything but in my head I was like I was like what why do they need to go to therapy like I'm just like you know like same thing as you it's just like I was like I don't need it I feel fine but when you you know like for me going through college I was like maybe I'm not fine like you know like maybe I should do something but I feel like that like the stigma of therapy just like it took me so long to like come around and just like you know like embrace it versus um yeah like I I feel like a lot of times I thought about it was like oh I like I don't I don't need it (laughs) 
No, I that's so relatable to me, especially in the parts about like showing vulnerability. Like I think I also grew up thinking that like crying is weak, crying is bad, and I don't want to show that. Like even when I'm feeling like I want to cry, mm-hmm. I only want to do it like in private. <laughs> like, yeah, like myself. in your own zone. Uh, yeah. But I don't know. It's like I think. I think, yeah, I think I definitely, and, and, and I think all of those like learnings are rooted in like tangible events that mm-hmm. happen. That's, a, that's, that's why I learned in therapy is that mm-hmm. like my, my therapist is pushing me to like really talk out loud. Like what is the image that I have in my mind? And I find that it's like often rooted in the things that might have happened when I was a kid. Like, I, I think I have memories of let's say like me crying, but then my, my older siblings are like, uh, scolding me or scorning me for that where they're like oh, why are you crying right versus like why are, are you, you okay crying? yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, was like, well, and it's like I guess they t- they just didn't know how to handle it at, yeah at the, time. the skill sets to do that and and similarly with my parents too it's like they're I'm crying but I think they're like like don't cry like you know like still again like scolding me so mm. that was like my like learned um reaction to like crying where it's like okay I will do this in private because I feel like I'm like one like I feel weak for it I feel like I'm attacked for it (laughs) so so that if if that just helps to give some examples of like my um upbringing I think um one of (laughs) my therapist describes like me and my family as porcupines where she's like you are like really tender it sounds like in the inside but you all have spikes on your backs yeah. <laughs> where like your exterior is just like so like sharp and like cutting and tough and like that captures it really well like uh my you know for for me and I have two older siblings an older sister who's five years older and then an older brother who's three years older and and then my two parents um so so yes I you know, I, I think I'll to, to kind of like document or like talk about like my journey through mm-hmm. to like now finally going to therapy too. Um that is like how like I grew up with my with, with my nuclear family and then um coming into college. I think that I was probably around the time where I was like first actually learning like how to build healthy relationships with other people um through like living in a dorm with other people and through like the student groups that I did like I think that was like the first time where I'm like learning other ways of being other other types of relationships yeah Um, because I I, I think very much about like my sophomore year roommate Linda who is was like so loving to me I think I'm back looking back I was like oh this is so like (laughs) so warm and fuzzy I didn't know how to like respond to it but like looking back it's like wow Linda showed me so much love and was teaching me how to love other people um in a different way than like what I knew do you Um, know um what your love languages are just to Uh, go on a tangent (laughs) the last time I took it I got quality quality time as my number one okay um and then I think like maybe like acts of service words of affirmation are like the second ones I feel Um, like acts of service is so big for like um like our parents and just like tradition like it's like hard on acts of service Um, yeah which is hard because 
sorry. Oh, sorry. Go. Oh, I was like, it's hard for me because that's not what I'm into, and like, I don't really like. It's like <laughs> both giving and receiving. I'm like, no, I it, it just doesn't place high for me in like the receiving love. But I like that's primarily how my parents are, and like I know they love me. But it's hard because it's like mm-hmm. I want to show love for them, but like I don't know what acts of service I can do for them. But I guess that's like the whole, you know, like being a good kid and like getting good like it's kind of like you're acting well for that like for them if that makes sense yeah no that's that's relatable or I I definitely have gone through that train of thought um where I think another like way to think about that too is how our parents love languages or acts of service but then sometimes it's like I need some words of affirmation yeah and I got (laughs) none of that I get get none (laughs) um so so I I agree that I think my parents love like like how they give love to me and my siblings is um acts of service and and sometimes I think there's like a difference too about like people's like how they give love and then how they want to receive love for sure like I can see how, yeah, my parents give, like, acts of service. Um, I think they want to receive. They do. I think that, I think they secretly want, like, words of affirmation, but again. Yeah, it's like, they want that, but it's like, I feel like they didn't uh, raise us in an environment where, like, it, you know, it's like, it, it was hard for me to come around. Like, I, my, one of my top is also words of affirmation, but that definitely formed in my outside relationships of my family. Um, and I just feel like, you know, like even before like kind of getting to that, I was like uncomfortable when people like, like I was like, oh, they're, and then I just like, you know, so it's like, I can imagine like sometimes I try to affirm my pa- my mom or whatever, um, but she just like freaks out because it's like they don't know how to handle it because I think like they <laughs> didn't receive that like I can't imagine the relationship between like our parents and like our grandparents like that's like an even like another level right yeah so that's something that's made me think a lot about in therapy about like why my parents are the way they are and how they were raised because yeah I, I really think it is like an intergenerational process that happens in terms of like us passing on like our traumas to each other like yeah I, oh I very God, much believe yeah. in that <laughs> I agree like, <laughs> you know when I think about for example I do think that sometimes there's like um like a competition that exists between like me and like my cousins that were fostered by my parents and their parents mm-hmm. and then I think about how like that wasn't something that we participated, like, you know, that wasn't something that we wanted to, like, it kind of got passed down to us, so it makes me think, I'm like, are they competitive with each other, and oh. were, they raised, were they raised in a way where it's, like, they had to be competitive with each other, and and I talked about it with my therapist, too, where, like, back in the day, when, in order to, like, survive, you know, like, when there's, like, 10 kids, like, the people who are getting the most attention and the most love probably are the more likely to survive. You know, like they are getting like gifted, like tangible resources in order to, like, yeah. you know, they all grew up during like this like war era and um, where things were of limited scarce, like there was like a scarcity. And I was like, okay, that makes a lot of sense to me. And that makes a lot of sense why like they, 
behave this way and then how it also passes on to me and my cousins <laughs> yeah like, I have I, I, never thought about that yeah. but that is a great insight <laughs> I'm like <laughs> yeah no it's it's because <laughs> I mean, this is a joke that like me and my like close coworker, you know, where we're clearly like, clearly at work, like we are so annoyed by like people sometimes. Yeah. But then like instead of being like, ah, oh, this bitch, like you're like this jerk, we're just like, man, like who hurt you? Like, it's like at the end of the day, it's like that that's what it is. Way. And like they're now just like taking it out onto other people. But it's I like, know. Oh, it's okay, we need help. <laughs> like, yeah, that's we, we- <laughs> dude I totally agree with that like I I started to see things like that too you know like when people are like on a low like a short temper or when they're like you know just like kind of going off I'm like oh they're probably dealing with something and like yeah so at least it gives like understand like you're like you don't get mad from the way that they're being you're just kind of like like obviously it's not fun but at least like you can move on (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's definitely, you know, and like, to humor, like, I just had like this conflict with my sister and it's like, I can, like, I, I clearly saw the ways in which like, I think this person has like her own journey that she needs to figure out, like, yeah, on and, but that doesn't make, make off her attacks any less hurtful. I was yeah. like, oh my God, I feel just so hurt by this. And that's solely like valid and fair to like feel too. Like, yeah, just like us on this journey is like, well, for me, I think about it. It's like for me, like being more okay with like all of the range of emotions I have, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, there will be some days where I'm like really pissed. And like that's just like information though. It's like, why am I mad? Is it like something that I did? Is it something that this person did? Yeah. Um, something that something that I love my ther- what my therapist says is like emotions are just like information. Like they're just trying to show us like something about the situation. And and we, but at the end of the day, like we have agency. Like sometimes. I, I used to just feel so like like overwhelmed by my emotions. Like my emotions are like, so intense and like yeah. It feels, like, I think it's else, also but- like comes yeah. in like a bigger wave because like at least for me it's like I suppress it for so long. So like yeah, to yeah. feel it again, I'm like whoa, this is a lot. And now I just like feel a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I used to suppress a lot of things too. So yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. Um. But it's so it's it's so nice. It's like I I like the way how I like imagine it is just like being able to just like to take like a giant breath and like letting it go. <laughs> like it really is okay. And like I used to like not like be able to do that. I used to be like, no, if I feel this, like <laughs> like everything is just gonna like crumble, you know? And I'm like, oh my gosh, like young me. <laughs> clearly you need to help <laughs> or like you yeah like it's okay yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so like in college when you uh received like that love from your roommate um yeah was was that kind of like when you started to think more about relationships or yeah yeah I think um so in college that was probably like one of the times where I was like the most stressed out in life too because of like school and um, all of the like insecurities that I felt for like being at a prestigious college when like I didn't come from a community where people even like went to college. So that was just, like a lot that um, I had to, to navigate. Um, 
which again makes me think I'm like, damn, like if I only had gone to therapy, like I would have done school so much. Like I would have been a more like effective student because mm. half of my brain space wouldn't have been thinking about like, how am I like showing up? Am I an, imp- an imposter here? You know, and I can just yeah. focus on the material and the content instead. But anyways, like my, my friend and I joke a lot or like think a lot about that. Um, always easier said than done I feel like I still struggle with that uh, <laughs> and as like everyone does in their work career and yeah yeah um but but basically like I just it it just like hit like a very intense point in sophomore year like, I was having a really hard time with like school and then I was having a conflict with my parents and I didn't realize like how much that was hurting me but but it was throughout the entire year and then I had like a conflict with like other people in college like everything was just like a shit show <laughs> like I felt yeah. like snowball but like that's really how it happens when like we don't get help like it just keeps rolling along um so, so- like sophomore year was the first time I actually went to um like the counseling services at Stanford it was like called CAPS and oh, we have I a caps at UCC like, too. Yeah, like counseling and psychological services. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was, it was good. I think my were you able therapist, to get an appointment quickly. Not, not, not very quickly. I think it took a couple of weeks until I like finally met up with a person. So okay. that made it so that it was just like a, it didn't like align fully. I think and then it and then usually it's like then when I met with the person I'm like I'm okay now because that's I think what I'm I hate yeah <laughs> that's the yeah school therapy it's like it's like I appreciate that they have these programs to help us but it's also like it's just not um like people are coming to you in a time of like need and like it it, it would be super ideal if you could get an appointment like ASAP and I understand that there's like it's maybe not realistic for that, but it's like scheduling an appointment like months later, it's just kind of like, I don't know. It's just like, how can you maintain momentum to yeah, yeah, show up to your therapy, like ready to go? Because like, then you've kind of already started to find ways of like coping. And then when it comes, you're like, oh, I'm okay. I don't need this anymore. <laughs> mm, yeah there there is a momentum needed like you know for me right now I'm going to therapy like every week and yeah. there was like I, I even proposed to my therapist like what about like every other week and this was the time I was still starting and she's like do you think that would actually be like helpful and yeah. be effective and I'm like hmm, okay I hear what you're saying <laughs> that like it's better yeah um but but yeah generally it was like fine um my therapist or the the counselor I saw at the time was like a white woman and she I think was like trying to point out some things that were clearly like going on in my life too where she's like it sounds like you have an eating disorder and I was like Ooh, oh my <laughs> last wrong, episode you know is- like you know <laughs> it's it's like that meme where it's like hard hard pills to swallow and it's just like yeah. oh, you're right you know like but but when I look back at it like I, I guess yeah I guess like back in college it was like as we were just saying like structurally like it wasn't conducive to the process where we weren't like keeping the momentum for it um and and the therapist I now see now who I found when I moved into to New York and one of my like good friends from college had seen this person so um she told me about this person and um this person is like Asian American and makes that, it easier. that's that's been yeah that was that's been a really lovely experience like I I really do like that and um 
it makes me think about how therapy is just like it's like just also a relationship between like two humans so like in a way I you know I think everyone talks about like oh you should shop around for your therapist like you can meet with a person and like if you don't like this person or don't feel like you can you connected like it's totally okay to then go find another person because at the end of the day it's like about building a relationship with like each other and if it works it works if it doesn't like that's okay too um, but with my person, I feel very lucky. Like we we have a pretty like tight knit relationship now. That's um, good. Yeah, it's um yeah. So the therapist that you have currently was is kind of like your first longer term therapist. Like this is your therapist, like out of college and stuff. Okay, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Which I think you know, I I would say like that's when I really have gone like committed to going to the journey of therapy. I think yeah. like the college ones was just like I was dying and needed some kind of help right and I think like other like older adults around me like encouraged caps but like I I wasn't yet at the stage where I fully accepted like the need like I need help yeah and maybe throughout over the years as I'm seeing how I'm like there's a lot of like things I should work out or work through right yeah. now so, so it wasn't until three years out of college, right, when I moved to New York, I finally did it, and, and, and I think, like, in some ways, I feel so um, lucky with the new move to New York, because, like, it was just so rough that it finally pushed me to do it, um, oh, man. but I'm glad I've done it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> how long have you been in New York for, what, yeah, when did you, like, first move to New York, I moved to New York, um, early 2019 so February 2019 and then I started to go see this therapist maybe like in June um and I'm really glad I did like I you know I tell everyone I was like this person like saves my life like yeah (laughs) it's been so good to like work with her and like be able to address like all the things that I'm going through um and then and then yeah I had like seen her and I actually went on like a pause as I was starting a new job trying to figure out my insurance stuff and then when the pandemic um started up again or started in March I reached out to her and then we started to like talk remotely again um mm-hmm. in April and and have been just like in session since then okay oh so you've been doing therapy a while which is great yeah. it's I I strongly 100% believe that I'm like a better human a better like family member a be- better friend because of therapy and, and that's why I'm like everyone should yeah. <laughs> there's another funny meme that I'll send to you too where it's like man when I'm rich all the homies getting therapy like, Dude, yeah. 100%, like everyone <laughs> like should just check it out <laughs> yeah have you ever talked about that with your family or is that just something that you know like it's like it totally I I agree with you like I think I've become a better family member and have just been a lot more understanding of the way that my family runs because of like their upbringing um but yeah have you ever considered like have you ever shared that you go to therapy with your family um and maybe even like suggested to them to go to therapy yeah I know I was like how do I (laughs) How do I tell you? Like, you go. <laughs> I my friend, she's all like, you get the uh, their insurance and then send them a ZocDoc link. <laughs> they could go to. I was like, yeah, I, I really should do that for them. Um, I think when I first started in 2019, there were still like some, I didn't share explicitly with my mom, you know, who like I talk on the phone with like 
when I'm far away from home and um, it, yeah, I, sorry, I, I was just, it took me, I'm just taking a moment to like reflect on my journey with that because I think, yeah, I think I was like scared to like say it, tell oh, for her sure. because I, I, I was scared that she is like, you know, that my mom is going to think that I'm having a really, well, that I'm crazy or that I'm having a really hard time. Yeah. Which is, you know, but all that's to say, I do, I have told her that like, you know, in Viet, because I talked to my mom in Viet that like, I go to like, Betsy, Thamli. Okay. Um, and I think she understands that that means therapy. Like that's, that's the challenge in terms of communicating with my mom about therapy too. It's like not having the, the language. Yeah, I've never to, heard to that term. I didn't even ever yeah. think about like what that translates to in Vietnamese. Because I think Thamli is like, your mind your psychology so like Bexy like doctor, yeah like the doctor for the mind so so yeah I, I've definitely named to her that I'm like yeah like I go to um this like doctor and then for my sister I was like oh yeah like I go I, I I've been a lot more vocal to like my my siblings where I was like I love therapy and yeah. I think everyone should go yeah <laughs> like you know, like I, I think like for, for my sister, I like highly, you know, have tried to encourage her to go just because like, if anything, like for, for my own experience, I think that in therapy, I saw how we have so much, or I have so much hurt from being an immigrant and moving to the States and like going through all of those experiences. So similarly for like my family members, like there's just a lot of hard shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's healthy to um, work through it with with a therapist. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, it's. So I don't know. It's, it's still a journey. I'm still trying to nudge. Um, that's great. That I, you I literally are. like like looked this up on Reddit recently. I was like, how do you tell someone to go to therapy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I find like sometimes when I with my therapist, I'll talk a lot about like my relationships with my family, and like mainly like with like our parents and like our aunts and it's just like our the older generation and it's just like so yeah it's like a lot when you think about like the way your interactions are with them and then when I share with my therapist it's like like she was like they have a lot of unsorted feelings and they don't know how to process it and then they it's it's like so I, this is like kind of a tangent, but basically in December of 2020, I had a lot of health issues come up. Like I basically got diagnosed with like an autoimmune disease and I also had like this cyst in my ovary. So I had to go to like, I had to get surgery for it. But like that whole process of like me going to the ER, me finding out that I have like a six centimeter something in my body and like mediating like a colonoscopy like just like going through a lot of health things I was like crying so much I'm like I cried and then um I would cry to my mom and then she would just be like stop crying or like don't cry and it's like what am I supposed to do in this situation like how am I not supposed to cry and like I think that I thought about it more and it's just like what mom wants to see her daughter like hurt you know what I mean so it's probably like hurting her and she's like trying to like it's like I feel like they just don't want to feel 
so much and they just like it's it's I mean I I understand because like I've talked to my mom about like you know she also immigrated over but like she boated (laughs) to like the Philippines and it's just like you're put in a real like life or death situation and she was just like you don't have a choice but to like move forward you know like how can you live if you I I just feel like they were placed in a situation where it's like they didn't like the I don't know how to word it but like the best option for them was to like suppress and move forward because like yeah like I feel like when I try to empathize and imagine being in that situation it's like I feel like I would just go crazy (laughs) like it's just like it's terrifying in context I guess for people who don't really under like know about like Vietnamese like immigration stories it's like people try to like escape from Vietnam and like you it's like illegal right so like you're trying to like hide from the like police and then there's also like these are like tiny janky ass boats and like people can die or there's like pirates in the ocean that like will take over your boat and it's just like so many things can go wrong and every like I feel like my mom told me like every family she knows has like lost someone in like that process so it's just like it's just hard because it's like I understand how they've learned how to like process and feel but then it's like I feel bad because I'm like I feel like you should really like I guess like dig into that and like like process that like healthily and it would like help with your other relationships with people but it it feels like a dream to me (laughs) there there's a lot of trauma there right like just like just what you were saying that your mom said where she knows of like every family who might have lost someone like that is so crazy (laughs) like that is a traumatic thing to bear uh in your life to like know that yeah you know like definitely I I think like I I feel that and feel like that's like the case with like the older people in my family too and and Mm -hmm. and to what you're saying about like how she's like oh like don't cry like I'm just like oh like who wonder if like you got told that when you were crying as a kid right and like had to learn like that's not the, the way to be and and this is so this is something that you know I think I've tried to work through my therapist where like the context in which they were in was a life or death situation like that was a war period where people like had to to try to survive um but now we live in a society where it is peaceful times and we are fortunate to have access to so much like other things um and, and, and that's okay. Like, like I, I think we we do, we should like live in this moment too. And real, I, I, I guess like for me, like, you know, I used to like be like, feel like guilty about it to where it's like, I'm in this situation, you know? And like, but I should be like that. But that's just being like stuck in that period. Like, you know, like we're here right now and we have to like survive in the ways that like the society is, is, is like asking of us or like, um, so, so, so it's hard. So I think, you know, I think for at least like the older people, um, it's, it's, well, uh, the funny thing I'll, I'll share with this that I find so funny is that like, um, my, my grandpa, like, you know, my only 
on my grandpa on my mom's side, my own wife. Um, he is in San Diego and um, having like grew up in the war time and like really seeing like poverty. Like I think he now like really, he like saves like so many things, right? In this house, like he hogs things. He like still does things where it's like, or my mom's like, oh, he could like dress better. Like all his clothes are old and all of that, right? Like all these things that my mom would say about him. And like, she's like, he is just, like he's old now he's like in his 80s and like that's fine and like let him be you know and it's like it's funny that my mom says that because like when I look at her too I'm like there's like things that you also do <laughs> that's like all the old times you know where it's like you also are like very like like hogging items right and like not being like willing to like let things go when maybe they're past their use already and like financially we used to be in a place where we didn't have a lot of money but it's like now we are more stable like I work my brother works my sister works like we are all like now like adults like it's also a different period but but you know my mom also then like like it's like we are all and, and like for me too it's like wow like spending habits right oh my like, god yeah save everything but it's like I'm technically like in a different social economic like class than I was before so like yeah. how do I change my habits to, to meet the time so yeah yeah like the, the financial psychology like that's a whole thing that like that's really interesting or is like it teaches like it definitely like made me uh pick up a lot of different habits but now having to like think through that and whether it makes sense anymore like does it serve me right like now in this moment in time have you heard of the book? I'm confirming it right now, but I think the title is called Poor Economics. Mm, I haven't. Have you um, heard of it or no? No, I haven't. Okay. I, I will totally share it with you. I don't think I'll do yeah. it justice by explaining, but it's basically just talking. It talks about like the economics of like poor people. It's like we kind of like, you feel like, like some people may think like, oh, they're poor because like they don't know how to like manage their money well or it's just like there's like misconceptions to that but really it's like they're poor but they're like managing their money really well to like get by you know what I mean like to still be able to provide for themselves so I actually haven't read the book myself but it's like definitely on my list um because it's yeah really interesting um because yeah you you just have like such a different state of mind on like whatever um I guess like economic like yeah. category you like fall into yeah uh yeah. a fun personal finance book that i'd recommend the, the name is gonna sound really scammy but <laughs> it's, it's called, you will make will, money it's called i will teach you to be rich oh <laughs> think he, he's a stanford alum and okay i think this book is actually really effective because he's addressing this like psychology behind how we think about money yeah and I, I actually think like it's it's all the like positive like messages in the book like it's it's about like healthy financial habits and like kind of yeah unpacking like why we do the things that we do yeah I I liked it a lot and and liked like the psychology behind it too um, oh yeah I love I feel like I love anything like psychology related these days like I feel like just thinking about like how people think and like how they react to like what they think or feel it's like it's very interesting and yeah like I like living outside of your family like with other people from like such different backgrounds it like 
shines so much more light into that, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, since, since we're talking about books, the book I will, I'm sure you have heard of it, but it's called The Best We Can Do by T. Bui, um, by, oh. you know, a Vietnamese American. Um, I love seeing that. Author. Um, yes, but the this book I found to be very therapeutic. It's it's like her uh, a memoir that is like a card like she's she's a cartoonist and even the title oh. the best we can do I think speaks a lot about like our journeys. Yeah, I think I've actually someone may have um, mentioned that to me too because yeah, it's like like comic slash cartoon base like it's not like a mm-hmm. novel right I was yeah it's, it's a super fast read I really loved it and it made me think a lot about like my parents and how they might have been raised and um like yeah broadly my family so I highly highly recommend that one as well yeah uh, have you I guess because we're on the topic of books in Vietnamese authors um have you read on earth we're briefly gorgeous by ocean i have started but haven't finished like if i had to it's a freaking tough one my god no it is it is it's it's hard it's hard to like make sense of it's yeah and as like a queer you know like vietnamese american as well i feel like it's it it kind of like adds this like extra layer for me I think I was fortunate because like my family was like at least with my immediate family like they're very like it was not a problem for me and i'm like very very fortunate for that um, but yeah, it's just, I feel like he very much caught like that intergenerational like <laughs> gap between like our parents who have been like more fully immersed in like Vietnam and then moving to America was like such different um, like culture and views. Yeah, it's such a big move, you know, again, like I think like I've only come to understand the gravity of it, of like being, of being an, like, yeah, immigrant, immigrating is, is a hard journey. Um, yeah. Okay, to like every, and everyone handles it differently, right? And, and that's the unfortunate thing. Now this is getting to like politics, but like, yeah. about like how American society views Im- immigrants sometimes where they just think like, there's, I think there's like a view of immigrants that are, encourage like the ones where like people like make it and like succeed right but it's like I think that you know that takes away from the conversation about how like it's a hard journey and experience I don't think the expectation should be that everyone should make it (laughs) and thrive like like how do we help to support like everyone else in their different ways of um and 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 this I mean this touches to like a and like an experience in like the Vietnamese and like other Southeast Asian communities, right? Because um, I'm sure you have like saw like content about this, about how for a lot of like the refugees who came like right after the war and like were growing up in like the late eighties and nineties, like it was just a hard time to like adjust to American society. So um, many ended up like, let's say like having these like incarceration records and from there, now potentially face deportation because they're technically not U.S. citizens yet from like having just like gone the only having their green card so it's like yeah it's I'm like well yeah like you it's (laughs) I don't know what the expectation is like you know like hard it's so interesting too because like like with that it's like I you know like there's this 
And I think living in San Francisco has definitely changed my view of this now, like with like homeless people. I think that um, like with my family and like my parents and stuff with, you know, it's like you, you want to stay away from homeless people because of like safety and like there you, you kind of like, I, I just got that tone of like, stay away from them. They're like, you don't want to like be near that. But it was just so interesting because then like we would see, you know, and like, like, like an El Cajon area, there's kind of like Vietnamese, like homeless people. I feel like my parents had so much compassion for them because they were like, they just couldn't adjust to like America. And they just got like that shock and like, didn't know. And it's just like, it's just interesting to seeing like one thing that I do really like I'm really like I like that Vietnamese people look out for other Vietnamese people I think like I definitely carried that on like I think like me knowing that you were Vietnamese in high school I was like oh like like I was like we're similar and like you know like she's just like cool and like we have this mutual understanding um but um it's just weird when they it's just like other immigrants are also struggling but then they don't mm. think it's just like oh they're not us so we mm. you know but yeah that yeah. just like ties into like a lot of other things but <laughs> yeah that I just still like trying to think through how to tackle all of that like how do I um encourage my like parents idea of care to beyond just like the family to like other people in society right because because again I guess they grew up in a time where it was just really hard to survive and like their priority was like I need to care for myself so it's like harder to like then extend that like across society but 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 I think that's like where us like younger generations like we feel like we have the capacity to right where it's like we want to do work that is impactful and like actually makes a difference in society like that's something that our parents didn't have the opportunity to do um yeah I, I think in my, my head space has just been around thinking like how do we uh actually make our society more caring like caring that's a great I, I I feel like if everyone just like thought that way and viewed each other in like a caring sense and to be honest it's like I feel like I've over quarantine time too in like 2020 like my hope in like humanity has been so like just with like Trump and like all the shit that went on with that I'm just like why can't everyone just be neutral about each other like why does there have to be like hate it, it's just like it it causes yeah. such a mess <laughs> and like it's like people get hurt and it's like that totally did not need to happen um right yeah it's it's an interesting time and yeah I, I agree it's like I'm I feel very fortunate um like I'm very grateful like being um like Asian American and also having like this opportunity to like grow up here and like have the resources to you know like form a better life for myself um but yeah like also wanting to extend like how do we you know look outside of just our little circle um yeah because yeah. I, I think yeah I think this conversation is making me see how like because we have the capacity to and we can now it's, it's no longer like a world and, and you know obviously that's like a mindset I'm still working through but it's not like 
I'm trying so hard to survive. Like, it's like, if I had to just take a hard look, it's like, I think I am stable now. And I yeah. think I do live. So I think I can, I am able to extend to other people and also help um, them as well. Um, yeah. Wow. Okay. That's now that's, that's becoming clear to me. And even then, I think I'm so inspired by people who have done that in history, right? Like, in, like, you know, I feel like we hear these stories of people who have extended help to others, even if they might not have had a lot in their lives, because that's just like the core of who they are, or, like in their soul to do. And like, if folks like that can make that extension, like we really, we really like, can. <laughs> You know, in, in like the little ways, like in that everyday life, like it doesn't have to be like dramatic and like huge. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I'm super grateful that I like, I think growing up within my immediate family, it's like my view is always kind of like, how do I present the best situation for me and my family? And it, it never was like, how can I help other people? But I think I was like really fortunate. Um, I mean, I, I, I went to like Yadin Fukbu, like a Buddhist youth group and stuff. And like, we do try to like, participate in the community um but I I mean like even outside of that like in college like people who it's just like try to get involved with the community and like extend help to others it's like like a really great influence on me it also like shows me you know it's like I have like this power to like you know like you don't need to like you like even if you help like one person like that's awesome yeah Um, yeah yeah I, I guess, yeah, I think about how, like, American culture, like, I feel like we can be so removed from, like, content or practices that encourage us to care for other people, right? Like, it's, it's like, yeah, it's, it's hard to find. Like, I, I guess it's, like, only because since you mentioned, like, being Buddhist, I feel like, I you know, I'm not Buddhist, and, like, I grew up Catholic, but, mm-hmm. like, for people who don't let's say have like religious like practices like that I don't know where I don't know where how people are like getting encouraged to think about other people you know what I mean like care about them yeah I, I that's I think our, culture, our media <laughs> often doesn't I don't know that's actually it's, really interesting too because for me like with religion I view Buddhism as like very like it's like super the the way I practice it is like very low key like it's it's just like to be a good person and to like be mindful and stuff like that but like my view of religion and all it's like I think it's a great like it forms community and I know I agree what you mean like it's like like religious groups try to help others but yeah I I actually when I was trying to look for volunteering and stuff like I wanted to be part of like an organization that is not religious like I just wanted to like help people to help people um and yeah I guess like my view of religion is just like I feel like Mm. every religion's goal is to like build community and like extend care and just like thinking about, you know, like conflict between religions too is like, it, it's always been like an interesting thought to me because, um, yeah, you know, right? Because yeah, it's, it's gotten so warped too, or I guess like in, I think about how like we think about religion as being anti-queer and anti so many things. Yeah. And it's like, it's unfortunate because I think that's a very skewed notion of like what religion should be. Because I, 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 yeah. I, I think it is like these religious practices are 
just encouraging people to like find community and care for one another yeah um, yeah I feel like religion yeah. is such an interesting like thought yeah. as well no, I, I, I haven't dove deeply either you know again like I, I was raised like Catholic I feel like being Vietnamese Catholic is 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 an experience in itself but and yeah and, like, probably who I am in many ways but yeah. I, I haven't like fully impacted with that how it, how it is yeah yeah there's there's so many things I want to like go deeper into but I think um maybe we can like wrap it up um and yeah so therapy therapy is awesome thank you for sharing all of your experiences with that um I learned a lot I like like I was gonna ask how your therapy sessions like run because I know that every therapy session like every therapist is different I thought about this. Have you seen the show Never Have I Ever? It's like on Netflix. Um, it's I like- think so. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. She has a therapist. But I was like, wow, it's so funny to watch your therapy relationship. But, but you're right. That is very different. Um, I think what I appreciated about my therapist at the beginning was that she was just taking kind of like a listening posture. I think huh. I've, I've talked friends who felt like oh when their therapist becomes a bit too like direct like mm-hmm. quickly felt like very off-putting mm-hmm. but my therapist really has spent like a lot of time listening to me where I feel like now she like knows like <laughs> a lot of my life history and therefore like you know kind of like pieces things together um and we have gone to a place where now like I'm so much more like open to her too I think I used to also like be nervous and like didn't know how to approach it but like now I'm like more communicative about like what's going on in my week and like what I'm thinking through and usually there's like always plenty to talk about yeah. in any session <laughs> um yeah it's 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 one of my favorite activities of the week <laughs> oh yeah I look forward to therapy every week <laughs> I, I was gonna say like you know like if you if any of your friends like reaches out about this like I'm happy to talk to people and like walk them through the experience like I know it can be scary sometimes to like get started and I'm, I'm glad that I had like a supportive network of friends right who I think I was just like talking it through and they're like yeah like it doesn't hurt <laughs> yeah you know? like it's, it's a daunting and scary thing um, yeah and if anything to try right it's like I think life right like sometimes I think about how stigma like stops us from even trying it's like oh my god yeah literally a try like you know right like that's all (laughs) yeah yeah I totally agree with that and the beauty is like I love like I understand like human like face-to-face like physically interacting is like it's different but zoom therapy sessions are so hype like it's like I can just get on right then like I feel like when I did therapy in college or when I tried to it's like I had to bike home from campus I had to drive to my therapist and then like find parking like walk to her office and then do the same thing back to school for like class and it's like I just put two hours for like a 50 minute session it's like it's so hard to make that time but zoom is great like I love online therapy sessions (laughs) <laughs> good yeah I I'm like grateful that I have a relationship built with my therapist like in person before so it's like yeah. the transition was just fine but like you know all that's to say it's like I don't know how it is just like getting started I, I imagine you know it's I feel like I've been able to build relationships over zoom our like, relationship Col- is built over zoom <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. 
exactly. Like I have coworkers who I have spent mostly of my time on Zoom first, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I've just kind of like I mean, obviously seeing in pe- like seeing people in person is great, but like the Zoom like I, it's it's nice cuz you can like like realistically, like when could we have connected, you know? Like mm-hmm. I like you're only in San Diego. Like it's like for the timeline yeah. for us to be both in San Diego at the same time would have been so difficult. It's like if the pandemic didn't happen or if this like whole Zoom like being more common didn't happen, it's like, you know, odds of us connecting would have been lower. You're right. You're right. It is very magical. The pandemic gave, you know, I felt like it granted me like a necessary pause. Like I'm very grateful for like blessing in disguise. Hey everyone, welcome back. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about therapy and mental health with my friend V. V, do you want to introduce yourself? 